Hello and welcome to Speak Female, the podcast that is on a mission to empower, coach and educate women and allies around the world to become more confident, knowledgeable and to have the opportunity to listen to real subjects they can either relate to or learn something from. This season is all about female empowerment and leadership. So at the end of each interview, I will be reading out a quote that has been selected by my guest. I'm your host, Lucy Grimwade, professional development coach, senior IT manager, and of course, podcaster. You'll now find that in between the episodes, you'll have access to five minute coaching hosted by me. If you'd like to find out more about Speak Female and coaching, you can connect with me across all social media platforms or email me coaching at lucygrimwades.com. Enjoy the episode. Today I am joined by Tracy James, coach of Bright Yellow Coaching. I've had the honour to work with Tracy and I continue to do so. Today, Tracy and I are going to be talking about enoughness. Tracy, welcome to Speak Female. Hi, thanks for having me. So welcome. So Mm. what does enoughness mean to you? Uh, Well, totally made up word, I guess. But really what I mean by enoughness is the idea that we are enough so kind of counter to this societal narrative that we have to be constantly striving and developing ourselves which is great and it's fine and you know as a coach I'm all up for that but it's also being able to sit with who you are now and feel enough as you are now whilst not taking away from your potential at the same time. Yeah I think you're you're so right We, we see a lot and I was reading something recently around you know we we are in an overworked continue to work 10 hours 15 hours 24 hours a day and we more probably as females always feel that we have to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing is that something that you had recognized in yourself before you became a coach working in as an IT director uh, yes, and still as a coach, <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. And I, and I see it in my clients all day, every day, this idea that being busy, constantly working on something, doing everything, being everything to everyone is, is a measure of success. In fact, just this week, I was chatting to a client who was feeling really guilty because they'd only done eight hours a day this week and they were feeling like they'd had a light week. And I remember discussing with her, you know, how, how, when did it become okay that eight hours a day is seen as not working enough, you know? that I think there is a a real problem in terms of this um, this culture that we've developed around busyness around doing when actually sometimes just being um, is actually what we need to be working towards I think increasingly that's where I find myself working as a coach now not just working on where we want to be in the future but how do we appreciate where we are now and enjoy it yeah and how, how do you strike that balance do you know, it's it's a tough one. Um, in fact, I've, you know, I've been thinking about it uh, as, as you know for the last week as we've been thinking about coming on this podcast. And I think from a uh, from an organisational perspective in the corporate work that I do, I think that's where a lot of the tension is because the idea is that you're you're in coaching to change something, to better something. Um, but actually, a lot of the time, where I end up working is in helping people feel resourced and confident about who they are now in order to enable them to achieve what they want in the future so I think if I slow it down and really think about it I think that's where the balance comes from is around 
kind of not focusing on what you haven't done yet, what you haven't achieved, who you are not, what you haven't got, but really resourcing yourself up with an awareness of where you are now, what your strengths are, what your values are, um, what your direction is, your sense of purpose to then create the resource you need to, to get to where you want to go. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost as if you're kind of figuring out who you are to find the best way of pushing yourself forwards. Yeah, who you are, not what you think you should be to yeah. be successful um, or what, uh, you know, society expects you to be in inverted commas or perhaps what your um, organisational culture expects you to be really kind of leaning into what's important to you um, and focusing on that because you know if I do um, if I do a values exercise with clients if I give them and I've, you know I've experimented here if I give them a list of a hundred odd values they want to tell me every single one of them is a value they they, they they honor all of those and often that's because we feel guilty for the things that we're not and we have this view of what we think success looks like we have perhaps someone in our head that we want to emulate or someone that we want to measure up to and it, it's not it's not authentic and we can never be you know all of those things we we are not going to have every strength every value actually what's important is our our own unique blend of that and really knowing what that is knowing what our unique superpowers are and and the shadow sides of them so work you know working with uh, both where our strengths are and the things that uh, that can roadblock us and, and get in the way but doing that without apology and also I just want to pick up on something that you've said around defining your version of I think you kind of said define your version of success and Mm. your values and your kind of purpose and I'm going to use the words that um that you you kind of taught me actually when I was doing my coaching with you originally was that comparison itis Mm. and I wonder whether that kind of feeds into that kind of enoughness as well because we see all these people you know doing lots of different things and people love to post their hashtag best life all over mm-hmm. Instagram you and I both see it we've talked about things like that before and I wonder if there's anything that people can do to kind of check in with that comparisonitis and to help them I don't know I'm trying to think of the best word to use kind of to help them go okay hello comparisonitis you know I see you there but I'm choosing to let it go any kind of thoughts around that yeah I mean comparisonitis is you know it's an Instagram uh, friendly word for actually a very deep-rooted base level survival instinct that we as a as a species have and actually it's been core and critical to us becoming one of the most advanced species because what's amazing about human beings is when we've achieved something we reach a new level what we don't do is stop and mm-hmm. if, if we had, you know, cavemen would have discovered fire, made a will and then gone, right, we're done. Um, we're, we're perfectly happy now. Actually, what happens is every single evolution, every single new discovery or iteration brings us to a new platform. And what we do is look around to look at what other reference points we have to help us improve. So it's something that's really helpful to us. But what's happened is the big social media companies, not naming any names, but we all know who they are, have hired psychologists that know this stuff. And they have tapped into this really base level instinct. And what they're serving you is stuff that they know is going to trigger, mm-hmm. that they know is going to make you look, the stuff that is going to, you know, ultimately make you feel bad about where you're at, that's going to stop you 
appreciating where you are and what you've achieved and make you compare yourself to others and we just can't you can't stop yourself looking at it can you it's like a it's like a drug and it's something that is happening we don't realize our brains are doing it and it's just very slowly kind of getting ingrained in all of our thought processes and it's it's really dangerous so it's kind of it's something that should serve us and does serve us but we by raising your awareness to actually this is an an old mechanism that is no longer serving me in this context, I think can be a really powerful kind of thought hack, I guess, to help you notice what's happening there. Yeah, and and to kind of carry on with what you're saying there as well, I think, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but The Social Dilemma on Netflix, mm-hmm. really interesting, and it really made me change some of my behaviours on what I do and um, I ended up deleting a few um, social networks that I had on my phone and I came off some accounts as well as in like closed my account because yes exactly echoing what you're saying there it's great that as we go up the kind of ladder in life we can kind of you know see what other people are doing and progress and we can learn but then we do fall into that trap where our phones are just attached to us now aren't they and it's just it's almost kind of horrifying only last night I was on my phone and my other half turned around to me and said you're gonna spend your whole night on your phone or are you going to uh (laughs) sit and watch tv with me and it's interesting how we are so reliant on that we're so connected but yet we're so lonely as well I don't know if it's it's a strange one Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's something very habitual about the way we use um, we use phones and, and social media. And it is, you know, another one of the things that they've tapped into there that they pick up on in the social dilemma is around the neuroscience behind it and the, the dopamine reward mechanisms that it plays to. So it's, it's rewarding your brain with likes and notifications and dings and, you know, little red symbols. And we are very, without really realising it, becoming very automated. And it, it is an addiction it's a it's a habit-based addiction um and but actually it, it can be quite unhelpful to look at it as an addiction as something that you can't change if you look at it as an automated process that your brain has laid down um and therefore it can relearn a new automated process and replace it with something more healthy which is what you're doing when you're deleting apps i think it um it feels more more hopeful and it feels like you can be more in control of it you don't have to be at the mercy of these these mechanisms that make you feel bad at the end of the day really really and and I'm laughing because a girlfriend of mine actually has come off all social media and she has been a completely different woman since coming off social media she's less um and she won't mind me saying this but she's less down and depressed because Mm. she was constantly looking at what other people were doing I'm not enough and actually that kind of leads me on to a question I want to ask you that when is when is good enough good enough Mm. That's a really good question. I, I think we need to make that decision for ourselves, really. I think what's what I notice about with all the clients that I've worked with, I think often the definition of good enough comes from a lot of it from early experience. It comes from our beliefs that we pick up as children, the the rules of belonging that we learn as children. So, you know, whether it's oh, you've got to get high grades to be loved or you have to be funny to fit in or you have to work really hard to be enough um, to be here. And these things, they get ingrained in our personality, in our belief systems, and they end up becoming core beliefs. And those 
drive our behaviors they drive how we judge ourselves they uh, they drive so much of how we how we think and I, I just don't think that's particularly helpful and actually we have an opportunity with everything we know about the brain now and you know all of these resources that are available to us not to try and live our best life you know I, that that constant messaging around living your best life is is really quite jarring it's more about actually we have an opportunity here to redefine what our definition of enough is so expanding and understanding our own map of the world that we've built up and rewriting those rules of belonging in, in a more appropriate context. So, you know, looking at your values, what gives you purpose, what makes your heart sing and redefining success in that way, rather than this, this kind of inherited stuff that we pick up without even realising over, over the years. Do you think there's a way of us with our core beliefs that we have do you think there's a way of kind of almost reprogramming some of those beliefs that's a really interesting question um something i've reflected on because uh, i mean core beliefs is a kind of cbt context as you would know probably better than me but um ha having been in cbt myself for a decade um what i learned uh, one of my core beliefs was i'm not good enough and what I learned about it was it was my absolute driving firepower for everything. It was my superpower because not being enough made me work really hard and try really hard and do my best. And it brought me a lot of success. So I kind of reached this point in my therapy. And I remember having this conversation with my therapist around, I don't want to lose that core belief actually because it is my superpower but it can also be my kryptonite so what I wanted to do was not get rid of it because it was me I wanted to get a muzzle on it I wanted to harness it and I wanted to use it for my advantage and I think that's influenced how I work with my clients that let's not try and edit out pieces of who you are because that's not realistic let's bring everything you are yeah. and really work with your unique brilliance your completely one in a million blend of what makes you you and let's work with that because you know I, I remember someone said to me last year um I, you're just you're very you're very you Tracy you're just very happy to be you and I remember thinking well I can't be anyone else so that's that's an interesting thing to say but I think many of us are trying to be enough by living up to someone else's definition of what yeah. that is and actually if you can find that acceptance of who you are what your core beliefs are um, and and bring the best version of that I think that's when we get to really define what good enough looks like and really in adverted commas live our best life <laughs> for, for want of a better term <laughs> Tracy, I really just kind of, when you were talking there, I kind of had a warm feeling in my chest and kind of in my stomach here as well, because it's that kind of self-acceptance piece, isn't mm. it? When mm. does, um, it, it kind of is, again, aiming towards having some self-acceptance and kind of bit of self-worth as well. Mm. And something that I had been reading, um, and it was something in an NLP book that I've got, was around... Um, neuro-linguistic programming for those that don't know what meant by NLP there um, it was about how we can use some of our kind of core beliefs and also some of the kind of behaviors that we've got so maybe we have a fight or a flight mode or a freeze mode they're in there to protect us so with what you were just saying there I was thinking about how yes we've got these core beliefs and I think it's so important to still kind of bring them up and not really necessarily kind of 
throw them away or get rid of them because actually sometimes some of them have been there to protect you but it's about how you can reutilize it okay that's protects me before but how can I then how can I then continue to use that but use it in a better way I wonder how that's landing with you there yeah, no, I think that makes sense because I think it, the brain, it, the brain's a really, really clever thing, but it's very energetically draining. So it's constantly looking for ways to be more efficient, which is why it automates so much. And it's why they get these little bugs of association like you were just talking about there. So maybe a strategy serves you once or twice. Um, so, you know, maybe as a child, avoiding conflicts, for example, um, helps you in in the home. Um, it helps you survive perhaps a, a turbulent family relationship. But that becomes a, an automated response when you're then in the workplace and trying to, you know, uh, I don't know, ask for a pay rise or, you know, a promotion. And you've got this this automated brain process that's telling you, you know, we avoid con- conflict. That's that's how we survive. And that's unhelpful. It, it's really unhelpful. So I think really educating yourself and putting the time in and, and uh, understanding how you're wired helps you then rewire and just get rid of those inappropriate uh, automated responses to current situations and helps you be more in control and more choiceful about how you you show up and, and how you behave. So Tracy, I also wanted to ask you around aiming for self-worth rather than self-esteem. What does mm. that mean? Yeah, so this is this is a concept I was introduced to by one of my um, my coaching heroes, a guy called John Perry, who I studied under. And he he was talking about how self-esteem which is often what you hear people talking about either holding them back or what they're trying to achieve is actually linked to achievement so you get self-esteem when you have achieved things so therein it becomes a completely endless striving so there's never enough Mm -hmm. because you know based on what what we've been talking about everything that you achieve takes you to a new level and then there's another thing that you've got to achieve to build your self-esteem whereas self-worth how he describes it is uh, a, a baby is born worthwhile no no one says that baby's life is not worthwhile so we were all born with self-worth we we had mm-hmm. a worth S- at some point that changes at some point in our lives we shift from feeling worthwhile and having self-worth to needing this self-esteem thing and actually I think that's really unhelpful and I think he's um, really uh, got the nail on the head there because if we believe we are enough and we are worthwhile fundamentally without even getting out of bed and without doing anything what does that do for your mindset in terms of how you're getting up in the morning you don't need to prove anything to anyone you don't need to measure up to someone else's list of uh, someone else's kind of metrics of what success looks like you are just enough regardless of whether you fail or succeed and if you can build that mindset in the confidence that gives you confidence is often about not believing you can do something and not wanting to fail whereas if you believe it doesn't matter whether you fail anyway you're still going to be worth something how empowering is that and I just think that is such a a lovely link with enoughness I I think that's what I mean really I'm enough about what I do and I think you know it's it's so wonderful to hear you talk so passionately about that as well and it's actually given me a bit bit of kind of oomph for me to kind of go yeah do you know what I am enough to the women that are listening now and as well as the allies that listen to the podcast how could someone start their journey of building a bit more of self-worth in their life really good question I, I think 
the first and you mentioned it earlier is around acceptance I, I think self-acceptance and I you know I'm saying that really flippantly I don't think that's easy to achieve I, I, I don't but I don't think it's something that's impossible to achieve and by doing the work to understand who you are and giving yourself the permission to just feel however you feel about that I think is really powerful in fact I was working with a client this week who um really successful senior capable empowered woman who had been she didn't really realize but had been really suffering with imposter syndrome and, and one of the things I shared with her about imposter syndrome was that um, it's different to confidence in that with imposter syndrome it gets worse the more successful you get because the more success you get the more you think you don't deserve that success whereas confidence um, gets better with success because you get more evidence that you can rely on yourself and therefore that you can do what you need to do to succeed and just that nuance when she came back to our session this week she said to me just having the permission to feel this way has been so empowering and just in that kind of week or so since since we had that session she'd already made shifts in how she was approaching stuff so I don't think it takes a lot but I think it takes intention and effort so working with a coach um, you know obviously I'm going to say that I'm a coach but I'm really passionate about it and it's why I kind of uh, gave up a career to do it um, but it doesn't have to be a coach there's loads of um, self-reflection exercises out there starting with something like values um, or strengths is a really good place to start because it just gives you a really good sense of your unique kind of vibe your unique um set of strengths and things that you have to offer the world and that awareness can help you understand what's different about you what sets you apart and still work with you know some of the bits that are perhaps the shadow side of that so still pick up on okay so where are those things that I want to change or uh, be different or utilize differently but be really really proud of of the things that you are that are unique to you that are brilliant about you I absolutely love that I I'm smiling the whole time that you're saying <laughs> all of that I wonder whether and I know this um I don't know whether this is crossing any lines here, me asking you this question, but I wonder if you've seen any kind of differences, maybe not in your coaching business, but, you know, in your career, whether you've seen any kind of differences in men versus women saying the kind of I am enough. Mm. Interesting. I, I think I, I, I'm going to generalize. Um, so I tend to work with men more from a corporate perspective and women more from a life and career perspective, which I think is interesting in itself. Um, and I, my, my gut there is there's something around men needing permission to work on themselves and can only do it in a work context and women feeling um, empowered enough to take that stuff on outside of work and do mm. self-development outside of work. So I think that's the first thing. With men, I, I think the, the topics are different. I think men are then they use things more as tools so they I think they innately understand the more tools and resources they have to hand the more confident they're going to feel and the more capable they're going to feel and therefore um, more uh, more enough you know they're going to feel like they've got enough to be able to deal with things whereas I think for women you could give them all the tools but if they don't feel they're able to utilize them or worth utilizing them then that can hold them back and I'm hugely generalizing and I, I've probably got you know 50 clients that that challenge that as a, as a generalization but I think that would be my gut in that for women it it starts with the confidence to use the tools and for men it probably starts with the tools to give confidence 
Yeah, I think, again, I'm generalising too, but a theme that I've perhaps seen both with my corporate job as well as being a coach and as well as all the networking that I do, as you know me very well, Tracy, you know, I'm a bit of a network queen. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of females going to these networking groups and they always say things like, what if I'm not good enough? I, I, I don't have the confidence and it's, again, I, I sit there and think, wow, you know, you are good enough and you, you almost want to kind of like jump through the screen because we're in COVID times now, so I'm not face-to-face with them. And I want to shake them to be like, you've had amazing experience, you've done amazing things. And, and what you've just said there as well, I do wonder whether, you know, the men in a work context coming to you as a coach, but also what about females stepping into leadership positions where's their coaching and where's their learning and development and I wonder whether you've seen any kind of females in leadership positions that have you know had coaching for them to kind of be like yes I am proud of you know being this boss babe that I am right now again that's yeah. my words my saying <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I work with women um, uh, in, a, in a corporate space as well. And absolutely. And, and, and I think there is um, there is a lot of openness and willingness from a female perspective to engage in coaching. I think women are are blessed with more opportunity there in general. Um, I've got to be honest. And I see them, you know, taking advantage of it. Well, I think one thing that does get in the way is the busyness. Um, that's that's what I noticed. The kind of making time for you. And I think that's across men and women. I think the lack of permission to really lean into the time that you need to do this stuff, to really get to know yourself. You can't, you know, if I spend an hour with a client, uh, that's great. And, you know, as you know, you can, you can get a lot of um, new thinking out of that. But actually, a lot of the work is happening in between sessions and you need time to do that that's not doing achieving you know cleaning cooking reporting thing all the things that we have to do as as people as leaders um so yeah i think the the idea of um time spent reflecting being time well spent is a really important message that everyone needs to needs to hear and be given permission to kind of spend in a work context mm. And then you just mentioned busyness again, and I think mm. busyness and enoughness kind of, for me, links together. Are there anything or, or is there any advice that you could give in regards to how to kind of check in with your busyness style almost of, mm. you know, and how, because eventually your busyness style, if it's overworked, and one of the things that I know I've worked with you on is that I think it burnt out you know, you then burn out. And I wonder if there's anything or any suggestions that you could give to kind of stop people from being over busy and burning out in essence. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, full disclosure, I am queen of of busy people. <laughs> so this is, I am not kind of preaching from a from a position of kind of uh, hierarchy here by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, and it's something that I battle with all the time. Um, I, I guess I think the big difference is around purpose. And I think this is why I end up working so much in purpose and confidence, which I'm sure you find as well, because if the busyness is the thing that's making you feel like you're successful, that's what's going to burn you out because it's a conditional success on being busy. If that business is being channeled into something that is purposeful, that is going to give you fulfillment, that's going to make you feel good, and it is editing out the other things that don't make you feel good, then I think that's 
that's got a value to it. Yes, it needs to be balanced with rest um, and recuperation and reflection and downtime. But I think it's easier to do that if you feel like you're working towards something that feels aligned and that is going to make you feel good enough. Mm. Um, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, it really does. I, I, I feel that you've kind of said there about, almost, I'm, again, I'm using the word balance, but it feels like you're saying about using balance, doing things that you enjoy as well. That you enjoy that are intrinsic. So not the stuff that we think we should be doing, not the extrinsic stuff. Oh, I should be, you know, doing egg painting this weekend because that's what great mothers do on, you know, Easter Sunday. Or, you know, I should be going to all of these extracurricular events because that's what great um, empowered leaders do. You know, it's, it's doing stuff that is going to be aligned with your values is going to benefit your well-being is going to contribute to where you're going yeah absolutely really kind of again it comes down to that purpose again doesn't it making sure purpose you're and knowing yeah I think it's about knowing yourself and I, th I think that takes time um, really getting to know yourself and sometimes I, I think a part of that and I think it can often be the bit about therapy that can be quite scary yeah is looking at yourself in the face in everything that you are I think that can be a big barrier at times but it's because it comes with all the judgment of everything else yeah. and actually if we just sit with ourselves and remember we were born worthwhile um we are all everyone goes through this I mean I have so many clients that say to me you, you must get it as well oh I, I, am I the only client that's ever said that you know I, I, you must think I'm mental I hear that all the time um, and actually everyone's the same we're all kind of dealing with the same stuff just in different ways and we all perceive each other differently based on how we how we view and value things and just getting rid of that that judgment that comes with that really helps you get to know yourself more um, and get to know how enough you are you know what it is about you that is enough and maybe there's bits that don't feel enough for you but um that's okay it, it um it, it's about being okay with what you're not happy with without that meaning that you're kind of written off you know you've still got potential to improve and change and grow but that doesn't mean that where you are now is is not enough yeah absolutely before we wrap up on the podcast today is there anything else you'd like to add around enoughness Oh, um, I guess I, I, the, the quote that you asked me to share with you, I think is what I'd want to talk about and not to steal because I know that you kind of like to end with that. Go on, I'll, I'll read it. I'll, I'll read it out. So I am both yeah. enough and capable of more. Why did yeah. you choose that quote? Go on. I chose it because I think I just I remember reading that and just feeling my shoulders drop as I read it. I love the permission that gives us to be perfectly okay with who we are that doesn't mean that we're being arrogant or short-sighted or not having a growth mindset or not wanting to improve ourselves or or you know personally develop but gives us permission to accept who we are and also a, an acknowledgement of our potential that things can change if we want it to when we want it to without the pressure without all that instagram pressure of needing to be changing things so i think that's the big thing for me about enoughness. And I just think that that quote, I don't know who said it. I cannot find the source. I don't know where I heard it. So if anyone's listening and knows where that came from, please let me know so I can start crediting them because I use it all the time. <laughs> and I don't want to be ripping off someone's um, someone's idea. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that for me summarizes this whole thing. And if you can keep that as a, a mantra to everything you do, can you imagine, you know, if you're walking into a massive presentation and grounding yourself in, 
I'm enough but capable of more what if you could really believe that what that would do for your confidence and your ability to just smash glass ceilings and do what you needed to do as a um as a leader I yeah I think it's game changing I feel so empowered I'm sat here thinking you know almost in superwoman pose thinking yes yes I am enough and capable of more like I'm really feeling it and I know people can't see us but I am actually full-on hand on hips right now (laughs) good I I think it's going to change and as I say I just think what a wonderful wonderful thing to kind of ground yourself in and and yeah get it on a cape oh definitely get it on a cape maybe get it on a t-shirt as well phone case mug (laughs) we just need to find out who we've stolen it from before we do that (laughs) don't want a lawsuit yeah so please let us know (laughs) if you know who said the quote Casey thank you ever so much for joining me on Speak Female today it's been such an honour to interview or have a chat with you really uh, on Speak Female it's been so wonderful oh thank you for having me I, and, and you know it's lovely to talk about this stuff with people that have been through the through the process and are you know living breathing examples of people that are curious to their enoughness so um, yeah thank you you're so welcome and thank you to you the listener for tuning in today it would be great if you haven't done so already to subscribe please share speak female across your networks and also leave a review this helps spread the message and the more people we can reach the better check out the podcast notes where you can find my contact details tracy's contact details and how you can sign up to the newsletter coaching hub and i am actually also going to add the quote i am both enough and capable of more see you next episode